0: no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Welcome to the Blue Room post-match. It's Dave Downey. It's Rob Vera. And it's Pete McFarlane. And uh, Everton have lost 2-0 away at Anfield. Uh, don't change the habits of a lifetime, eh, lads? Because um, quite embarrassing. I say embarrassing. Maybe that's a little bit harsh. But no, I'm going to say, yeah, it was embarrassing by most of the players that come uh, to Anfield in the hope of getting a result for Sean Dyche. Um, And... It's hard to say it felt like we were doing something decent for the first half hour before Liverpool scored. But, Rob, I'll come to you first. Um, I think these are the, the things we're going to speak about sound a little bit less than hindsight, and they're things that we sort of kind of predicted because we got the three points against Arsenal. I think just before we started recording, you said something similar to that in terms of, well, taking three points from those three games for Sean Dyche's, um first as Everton manager. That's not actually too bad because the big ones come in uh, Leeds and Villa at home um in the next the next two games that we've got. But it still doesn't make things any easier to losing to them, especially given the form that they've had so far this season, because they've been crap as well. Uh
1: absolutely. Well, yes, and, and I want to make sure that I I put that into a proper. Yeah, actually, frame. I do need to apologize
2: that I've put too far too many things in our listeners' minds that you've already said to me. So I'll let you <laughs> I'll let you say how you want to. <laughs>
1: no, it's fine. Dude. No, I, I look uh, whenever we whenever we do this post match, especially at this stage of the season where, um, gosh, it's become all too familiar. Where we're talking about <laughs> what we have to do in terms of the the mathematical gymnastics. Uh, to figure out what what survival looks like, uh, we 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 comfort ourselves at times with what uh, a points return over a two game or three game stretch looks like, and and we kind of try to make some peace with that. Like on the macro level, uh, three points out of these two fixtures is more than I thought we were going to get, more than most any of us thought we were going to get. Surely, um, maybe maybe we could have talked ourselves into a point or two points, but we got three. Um, but on the micro level, uh, let's, let's make no bones about it, Dave. Uh, that's, that was just yet another in a long line of limp dick performances at Anfield. And, uh, it's, it's, there's not really much more that can, that can be said about it. I, I think, I mean, we're going to try obviously, but I think, um, I think that as, as Matt and I talked about at the end of last week, we, we're so used to losing that we almost don't know how to talk about winning anymore. Right. (laughs) Like, and what I mean by that is that the, the, the arsenal game felt like such a triumph that, and I'm not saying people were intentionally getting ahead of themselves, but there i had this kind of jokey image in my head of the old like george w bush meme of the mission accomplished banner behind him on the ship uh you know (laughs) right in the middle of the iraq war you know like before things had really gotten bad and 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 look i i i'm not i don't want to say that in any way to be too critical of of sean Deitch. I, i think that i suppose if you are it's a bit of a rorschach test isn't it i mean if you if you had doubts or you were really, truly skeptical about Deitch, uh, I'm probably slightly shaded into that camp, then you can look at this and say, see, you know, there's there's there, there wasn't much about them today. I mean, you got the new manager bounce and predictably you watched a game where a Sean Deitch team, but let's be honest, the sins of of this squad far predate Sean Deitch. An Everton team had absolutely nothing. Zero zilch moving forward. Um, And they just they just didn't seem in it. I think I tweeted at 70 minutes. I'm like 20 more minutes of this. I mean, I'd rather just take the two nothing and be done with it already because Everton did not look remotely capable i don't want to say interested but they didn't look capable of mounting any kind of uh counter the best chance of the game of course of course falls uh you know from a beautiful cross from alex woe falls right on the head of the one guy dave that you just absolutely don't want it to fall to and that's tom davis um and oh, yeah. I, I, even, sorry, I,
2: I thought you were actually talking about when we hit the post and they go up to it and it's I was thinking, Oh, that's oh we'll get thinking. to, we'll we'll get to that.
1: That look, it, it, it had look this, this trip to Hanfield had all of the greatest hits, uh, everything from a close, almost goal that led to, a, an actual Liverpool goal, um, as well as just missing, uh, missing a chance that was really, really hard to miss. Uh, you had to me, which I think I'm sure we'll go on to talk about, um, one of the most shocking defensive displays i've seen from a center half in a while from connor cody what we saw today it was absolutely ridiculous and that that second goal I mean, I, I keep watching it. I, I, I saw someone tweet about tweet on uh, 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 some stills from it and say that they'd watched it over over again fifteen yeah. times, and they weren't sure how Cody could have. It's like he had to try hard to miss that ball. I mean, that ball was. It's he he practically escorted that ball through his own legs to to Cody Gakpo to score that goal. Well, what and... you would have
2: heard about that? Your ends of, uh, of the of the of uh, the Planet would be uh, Jamie Carragher actually defended him and said that he'd done that plenty of times himself. Where you get to that position where you don't know what's behind you, so you either think the, k- the keeper can come out and get it and stretch his hand. I obviously thought Pickford's going to do that, even though he's standing right in front of yeah. it. Well, let and me then, let and me then just... maybe it's that that the, the dreaded uh, corridor of uncertainty where he's decided to leave it rather than if he just put it on his foot and then just knocked it out, even just slides it out for a corner himself. Then you can I, deal I, with it.
1: I f- certainly appreciate Jamie Carragher's willingness to defend a Liverpool season ticket holder like, like his boy, <laughs> Connor Cody. Okay? But what I yeah. what I don't. But but here's the thing. Let's be let's be intellectually honest about that if that had been Jeremy Mina or Ben Godfrey who who did that today and just generally played awful but especially in that moment they would be absolutely getting roasted right now yeah. i don't this this ability for connor cody to kind of operate in this teflon don manner where He's so like, I, I've never seen a guy like somehow he got onto the England team and that has been his shield against Chris criticism for a long time during this season. Now he has been, he has been pretty bad for a while now. It's not like this is not, not didn't predate Sean Dyche. It's, it's been bad. I hope he gets dropped. I I think if you're going to carry four center halves in your squad, like, surely surely yerry or ben godfrey should be playing ahead of yeah. him but whatever I, I look that's that's all all, all, all well all, all that said i mean when, when we went down one nil and if you look at the totality of our attack throughout the game and and using the word attack to describe what we saw from everton is probably yeah. uh it's probably a, a complete uh misuse of that word but um we we were done at one nil and it, again, if there's one consistent thread throughout this season, um, it has been our consistent inability to score goals. I mean, that's uh, you know we could take every advanced metric and every every bit of analysis, every heat map that that looks like a Rorschach test that I can't fully understand and see half the time. And 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 you could you throw all those out the window. This side uh, has a midfield that can. Stay up. It has a defense that despite what we saw today, I still think can be organized in a meaningful, meaningful, meaningfully significant enough way by Sean to to survive what we what we don't have, though, and what the big question going forward is going to be is can Everton stay in the Premier League with a championship level attack and that is and maybe not even that good i i i the the inability of Calvert-Lewin to stay healthy is just you feel it every time he's out and it's just it 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 is night and day what we saw against Arsenal even though we only scored the one goal and and i just said goals are the the goal return was the big issue it was the complete inability to have any sort of you know uh, uh, of cohesion uh, in that final third uh, any kind of ability to create a you know consistent threat and mm. and certainly the rest of the the midfield didn't didn't you know paint themselves in glory today either but everton just have a a major major problem that they had one chance uh, well one chance a a 31 day window to address, and they did not. Yeah. And so now yeah. the question gets back to whether or not Sean Dyche can work enough miracles to manufacture goals and manufacture a scenario where Everton survive.
2: Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good point to make. At the end of that, and I think that's what we'll be talking about in most post matches, all the way through to the summer uh, until the league finishes, and we're hopefully still in the Premier League division. Um, Pete, do you, do you the other things I wanted to get on to. Um, during this game was Ellis Sims started up front for us. I think mm-hmm. Dice had sort of mentioned that and hinted that that might be the case and um obviously we've been talking about it quite a bit. When does he get his chance? When does he get his opportunity? At first when I saw him on the team sheet I was like okay, this is a big chance for him. Um Also I'm not saying this with any sort of hindsight whatsoever but I was thinking, is this just a step too far for him? Now, I know he's had that decent decent time at Sunderland where he's got, I think he's got nine in 17 games or something like that, or seven in 19 games, something like that. Um, And I was thinking, given the lack of options, we are given, like Rob's just alluded to there, in terms of not signing what we needed to sign, i.e. a striker in January. I'm looking, thinking, well, who else do you put in there? Mope simply not going to go in there because he's, Five foot seven, five foot eight, and he's not going to compete um, in in any sort of physical aspect. Certainly not a, a head in one with Liverpool. And then Ellis goes in, and it's it's really difficult. I find it difficult personally because, as you can imagine, you go on social media, people are slating the lad saying he's not good enough anyway, and blah blah blah. After that's his first start of out of two, and the last one he had was uh, this time in twenty twenty one. Um. But you know, I, I still felt at the start of that game. This lads, he's a big boy. He can give these. If he can give these the the run around a little bit, maybe, and it just didn't come to fruition. And I don't want to sit here and blame him personally for that because getting getting him any sort of support was just non-existent, wasn't it? And I don't want to go in on Dice either after two games. But I'm thinking if that's what they worked at all week in training because calvert leon was out. That's really, really scary to me in terms of what we can relating again to what Rob
0: was saying about scoring goals. How do we do it if he's the only other option? Well, I think first of all, we, we need to a bit of perspective is needed in terms of in terms of this match and in terms of where we're at as a as a team, as a club. Um you know, we sort of alluded to the fact that going into these two games against Arsenal and, and Liverpool, I would have snapped your hands off for, for three points. I would have snapped your hands off for two points out of those two games. And I think, well, you know, I was personally against the idea of putting Ellis Sims in from the start. I, th- I thought that it was it would be too big of an occasion. Um, Well, let, let's be honest. I mean, we've gone into Anfield derbies before when we've been the form team. We've gone into Anfield, I've gone into Anfield derbies before feeling really confident about, get, about getting a win, and we ended up getting battered. You know it's it, it, the Anfield Derby for us is such a it, it's such a non-entity in terms of in terms of us actually tearing up and, and putting on a performance um I'm I'm not gonna take anything from this game and I mean that I'm, i I know it's easy and flipping to sort of just disregard it but <laughs> yeah. I am I'm, I'm not really it, it literally I, I I went into this game just just thinking almost this is a free hit like as long as we don't get battered. Not that I'm saying that I'm accepting defeat in any way shape or form. Um, but as I say I, for me these two games were as much about dice. Getting to know these players as anything else, and he'll and he'll be looking at those players, and he'll be looking at the ones who didn't who didn't step up, and he'll be looking at the ones who he can rely on. And and you know what, you know, mate? They'll... Before
2: before you carry on with that, and, and I know Rob's just agreed you the um, by the noise he made then as if to nod at what you were saying. And, and I, I, I have to I have to disagree with you both here because in in a in a in a way that's not as obvious as you think. I'm going to say as in oh, it's still a derby. We still need to perform and whatnot. I get all that crap that we've been so shit going there for years. The only one we've won in the most Everton way ever is when none of our fans were there um, okay. during the pandemic. But I felt like going there, and, and I'm not going to be as naive as to say confidence and all that, but I looked at the way D- Dice played us against Arsenal. And I thought, you know what? Another week of what he's had there to have a fortnight of what he's showed us how to do, i.e. defend properly, make things compact, and that's the main way I think many of us have used is That way, compact, since he's been there, he knows how to do that. I thought that that'll trouble Liverpool. Um, and again, I I'll, that, yeah. I'll look really naively saying that. But what I'm not saying is I think oh yeah, because we got that win at home against Arsenal, we should be going to Anfield and getting a draw or getting three points. But I I, I still I still think I'm fair. I, I, I'm it's fair enough for me to say that I think we should have we should have done more in that match.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but, but another thing to bear in mind as well, you know, from my perspective, is, is in terms of us being set up, and in terms of us being harder to break down. I mean, both of Liverpool's goals came from counter attacks where where we were caught out by from one from yeah. a corner, one from a free kick. So as naive so, as you want we, that, isn't it? That 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 is really poor. And that's what it, that's what it, come, it came down to. And, and the first goal is that it came down to pure pace, basically. For but he couldn't have been happy there, forward.
2: Dice. He could not have started to interrupt again, mate. But he could sorry. not have been happy taking nine nine players up for a corner. <laughs> um We've got a two-on-two when they turn, and, well, let's face it, all 10 of the outfield players are faster than the 10 that we've got. So, well, yeah, you're know, going to be available That's with four fellas against our two. It's great. I don't yeah. know what Pickford was doing, by the way. I think he was going off to, to get a, a, a pie no. or something from the other end. I don't end know what Mikkelenko was doing. He's, he's been, he been—he was absolutely good. I, I'm sorry to say it, have had. obviously we've had a lot of sympathy towards him given what's happened in his country and whatnot. Since we've had him, but he's not—he's not good enough for the Premier League, in my opinion. i thought that quite some time. But sorry, may carry on with what you're saying then about about that counter attack. Because I completely agree that it, I bet you I'd be amazed if Dice was fine to have that corner set up like we did, because that is the exact the exact problem we've had for so long is the pace people have on the counter attack, when
0: we've got none. Absolutely, and I think that one of the big issues as well is, is that. In terms of we were overloading the back post like we did against Arsenal, we hit the post. We have a second bite of the cherry. But what I think was pivotal in that is is when when the ball breaks the edge of the box, Seamus Coleman commits. And once he's committed himself for those five five to ten yards, once he goes into that space, he's leaving that space in behind. And I think that's what happened. So basically, because we were overcommitted, we were overcommitted for the corner in the first instance. But then we overcommitted with the second ball as well, with the loose ball. And I think that's what did us. And then, and then you've got a, you know a situation where you've got Darwin Nunes, who, like to be honest, the only thing he can do is run. Like he, you know, he's an absolute. You know, he's he's done well in terms of you know he's got good pace. You've got Mo Salah as well um i think it was like four on one in the end wasn't it uh, michelenko for i don't know i don't have a clue what Mikalenko was trying to do everyone's talking about pickford you look at michelenko's positioning the only player who's who's anywhere near um nunes michelenko he 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 goes he gets drawn to the ball and i just don't understand what he was what what was going through his mind to go to to be drawn to the ball when you're on a four on two situation You've got to cover the space and you've got yeah. to he's he's got to be more aware of the two players coming in behind. You've got to, he's got to look over the shoulder. Now, if Nunes does something spectacular and bends it in the top corner from the left-hand edge of the area, then fair enough. But as a defender, Mikalenko's got to be aware of what's going on behind him. And for him to commit like that, it just mm. played right into Liverpool's hands. But as I say, that's an individual error. And for me, that just showed, I mean, this is Mikelenco. I do I hate it's, you know single and out individual players, but Mikelenco for me is becoming a massive problem. One because going forward he offers absolutely nothing, and, and maybe in Sean Dyche's sort of system we won't be as reliant on a, on like an overlapping yeah. fullback. We're certainly not going to play with three at the back and, and wing backs, but even so, the one thing that you probably would you know give Mikelenco a little bit of credit for would be that over over the course of the season he's had very decent games. I'd say decent. Um defensively but now I'm starting to see that crumble as well and I'm starting to see someone who's terrified of actually going anywhere near the ball the, the second half, there was a, there was about three or four passes in the second half where he, he completely underhit them. He, he he was he was in acres of space. It looked he, he just looked like a rabbit in the headlights. Like yeah. he was absolutely terrified of going anywhere near it. But as I say those, but those decision making and um, you know the decision making from him today cost us. But then again, I can't blame him solely for for, for in any way. You know, I can't, well, I can't just totally pick on him. But what I would say is that you know if we're going to, I mean, as I say against Arsenal. One of the differences today and against Arsenal was when Arsenal came at us, we sat back and we defended well. They couldn't really hit us on the counter attack because we did we did set up, you know, quite quite deep, and we were obviously going for a set piece. We also had Calvert Lewin to be able to hold the ball up a bit better. We were also getting runners from midfield. I think today with with everything everything in terms of what Liverpool were doing, Liverpool were happy to just sit back and let us come at us, let us come at them because they were confident that we had nothing like like Rob said. We've got nothing in that final third. Um, I think another thing we've got to bear in mind is that our illustrious owner came out a week before the transfer window ended and he said, we need a striker, we'll get a striker. Well, we needed one today, yeah. Farad, and um we didn't have one. Yeah,
1: Rob? Uh, I can't believe we've gone this long without mentioning uh, Idrissa Gay's performance and his role <laughs> in that goal as well. Well, the yeah. entire
2: midfield is actually what I was going to get to next <laughs> because I, again, really, really, really naive thought before this, and I said it on Twitter, And the usual fucking Muppets come up half an hour later thinking that I said it (laughs) during the game or after it. But I thought our midfield three there, as soon as I seen Liverpool's when the teams came out, I was thinking, our midfield three there. Dice must be looking at that thinking, that's where we get something from this game is by dominating that midfield. A lot of my friends who are reds have said that to me as well when they saw Fabinho who's been out injured for them for a long, long time now. (laughs) Henderson who can't move like he used to and an 18-year-old kid against what's gay, Decore. And Onana, I'm thinking that's got to be Everton's win That That has got to be, even if we don't win this game, that's got to be the thing we come away from and saying at least we won that battle. And we can't. We lost it comfortably, mainly due to an 18-year-old kid taking the piss out of us.
1: Yeah. I I Look, I, we have so many... I don't know how many times we've talked about this, but this is such a squad full of predominantly flash players. And And when I say that, I mean they are players who will... They will. They'll do that thing, like Decoré did last week, for instance, and Gay, for instance, where where they're like, "Oh, all we needed was a manager to come in and and, and use their talents properly and what have you." Now, yeah. don't get me wrong. I, this again, this is not on Sean Dych uh, at this point, two weeks in. And I, I look, I, I'm definitely at the stage now where I think, if not Sean Deitch, then who would keep us up, right? <laughs> yeah. But what I would say is that. Um, there's, you know, I, you could say what you want about Frank Lampard, but like, there's probably a decent reason why Decore hasn't played in a long time. Uh, there was probably a reason why, uh, it, you know, it, it didn't, it, it was, uh, it, a, a player like Gay basically had all of his remaining good years used up by PSG, uh, after he, after we'd sold him and, and, uh, he was available and, and, and I, the 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 fact that we did so i I think we we focus a lot and rightly so on our recruitment from an attacking standpoint and where that lag but if you guys remember at the end of the summer there were a lot of people who said well we should have gotten at least one more attacker in but all of the other recruitment was really good. Well, how do we feel about that statement today? Like outside of, uh, and I even said at the time, like Onana was the only like kind of young, promising, high quality, you know, real investment piece that we added. Um, I, you know, I'm I'm overall fine with Tarkovsky. That's you know fine. I I think I think he's he has not been the problem for me, but Cody, Meh. Um, Drissa Gay, I, I don't think he has had one or maybe two good games, and yet he he does not even sweat whether he starts every week or not. Um, Decore, I mean, absolutely, you know, he did, he had nothing today. Um, we, we, you know, we even, even going back to the beginning of last year, right before Lampard was appointed, I, I have to kind of do my timeline with where these, all of these Everton managers who just layer over one another to the point where I imagined Klopp was just looking to his left today and thinking, oh, there's another new guy managing Everton today. But like, I, I, you know, we, we signed Patterson who, I, I liked, I, I've liked him in flashes, but he's also struggled at times and not been able to get settled. And he said injury problems, Mikolinko stays fit, but I mean, other, other than a, a few good games here and there, he's, he's been poor and, I don't know, like, I'm so lost in the myriad of acquisitions and managers that it almost becomes so so hard to figure out, like, who's more at fault, the players, the manager, and really the bottom line may just be that it's both. I mean, that, that we have not had good enough managers, and we've certainly not recruited well enough, and... And so if you only do that and then you compound that bad recruitment on top of not having any goals in your side, you're left with, with all of these constant compromises, these holes in your sinking ship that you're constantly having to plug up by unplugging another hole somewhere else. And it just, it, it gets to a point where you have to wonder, are you going to, is the ship going to sink before you get to port? And that's that's what Everton are facing is that they just have, you know, even going back to the whole Ellis Sims thing, I think starting Ellis Sims was, probably the better of two awful choices today it's either ellis sims who just came back from sunderland on loan or it's neil Mope, who does not fit in any way shape or form not only in sean dyche's preferred setup but he never fit in really well like i don't know why we bought him because he doesn't really fit in well with anything that we were trying to do mm-hmm. and so that all those bad decisions come home to roost and you know, this gets into the bigger discussion of why we're we are where we're at. But but today's performance was kind of par for the course in regards to all those things. The question becomes now: What are we going to do in these more meaningful fixtures coming up? Like if even if we had won none, none of the like if we would taken zero points from these two games, or we'd taken six, somehow six points yeah. or four yeah. points from these two games, the games coming up. We're going to be the ones this, what next, what four, four game stretch, I guess we could say this is what's going to determine whether we stay up or not, because, you know, guys, I don't know if you've had a chance uh, in recent, you know, I think everyone has probably taken a look at the schedule, but if you look at the fixtures, just, just in terms of what we round out our season with. Okay. Like let's just take the last four fixtures. Away to Brighton, home to City, away at Wolves, and home to Bournemouth, okay? Now, those last two, you think, well, yeah, surely we've got to be doing something there. But yeah, does anyone fancy us to, to hang with Brighton or City in any of those cases? No. You go a little further back than that. You look at April, um, home to Spurs, away to Manchester United, home to Fulham, who I think right now would absolutely wallop us, even at Goodison, away to Palace, <laughs> Home to Newcastle and away at Leicester who are scoring goals for fun this is going to April and May have very, very little promising, uh, you know, fixtures in terms of, of of promising returns to offer us. The business that we've got to do has absolutely got to start with Leeds and Villa, uh, you know, and if we can't get, you know, if we can't get anything out of those, um, you know, we're in real trouble because we're away at Arsenal. Um, we've got to win, obviously, at home to, you know, we've got to take points at home to 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 Forrest and, mm-hmm. and uh, even to to Brentford who are probably better than us right now. And so like all these, all these things remind you that, while the Arsenal win was great, and and again, I still maintain the general point I made that, hey, three out of six points in these two games is decent, but you have to remember when you've lost previously at home to Southampton, when you've lost at home and dropped points at home to just absolutely terrible teams that you almost have to win these ridiculously underdog type scenarios in order to just make up for those losses in in situations where you shouldn't have lost or dropped points, and so we're we're in for a ride and everyone already knew that today hurts it stings but now it's it, now it's just got to be about leads it's just got to be about these next few games and, and everton have to find a way and this is going to be sean Dyche's, maybe his biggest test ever yeah i mean i i
2: i i mean it's it goes without saying that we can't lose either the next two games Villa at home will be quite tough because it looks like they're getting things sorted out under my Emery. But um, the other thing, I was just looking at those fixes then when you said how bad the last one was, uh, sorry, the the April all the way till we get to the end of May with the last game, which is a home to Bournemouth. Um, just want to ask you both like a, a really quick question. Just give me a, a seconds of an out, of an answer to it before we carry on. But we have Bournemouth at home on the final day of the season. If I was to say to you the three points against them, keeps Everton up, but you can't have anything else other than that offered to you. Would you take it?
1: Go to you first, Rob. Would you take that? I'm sorry. You explain the question, Dave. Like, would I take... Sorry,
2: it was a really poorly poorly (laughs) said question. What I was saying was, say, forget all the rest of the games until the last one of the season. Would you take it? Everton's Premier League future relies upon them taking three points at home to Bournemouth on the final day. Would you take that, yes or no?
1: Yes, because I'm not confident that... I'm actually more fearful right now of that game meaning <laughs> nothing and we already yeah. be relegated yeah. by then. Like I'm no no no, I I am not trying to be too dour. It's just I'm just looking at the the fixtures that lead up to it. I mean, yeah. after like in that Wolves game really I think it, it I mean the Bournemouth game it may be for all the marbles, but I'm telling you guys that away to Wolves the week before that's prob that in all likelihood is going to be what determines whether we stay up yeah. or not um in some way, you know at least in terms of 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 the final thing but but, Pete, I'll let you answer that,
0: yeah, I'd, I'd bite your hands off if it, if it if we were um if we were going into that last game with with a chance of staying up at this stage, I'd bite your hands off. um, but as I say, you know, the, with just a the, the, the chance
2: though because I'm saying it's in our hands if we be yeah, yeah.
0: But like Rob said, I, I, you know, I think it will go down to the wire. I really do. Um, we'll know more after the next two or three weeks. Uh, yeah. once we've once we played Villa, once we played Leeds at the weekend, I think you know we've had so many games this season where we've looked at it and thought, well, like like even going back to when we played Bournemouth twice in a week. And when we'd lost in the cup, we were all we were all sort of saying, "Well, it's okay because you know we can go and beat them away, you know, in the league." And and then we've got those nice home fixtures against Southampton, against Wolves, against Brighton—not brighton not Brighton, not that brighton was a, a gimme or anything. Um, so I think it's 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 dangerous for us to just fall into the trap again of thinking that that playing Leeds and Aston Villa at home are gimmies because I think they're going to be two really really tough games. Um, but I, but if we don't beat those two at home and we've got to beat both of them. Um I, I think the writing's on the wall. And if we don't beat them, then we probably deserve to go down. I think I think at this stage of the season for us to, to to be on what 18 points. Um if we can't beat Leeds and Naston Villa at home, um I don't see much hope for us. But but having said that I think that I I do think that Daish will be able to get them to, to galvanize them and and start grinding out some results. Whether yeah, I mean, be that, enough I don't
2: know. I think I think tonight um Alarmed me much more in terms of what Dice would have expected from that side, given what we saw against Arsenal, given how quickly he was able to get them into a shape and a formation and tactically aware of who you're playing against. And it was the side that was top of the league who could well go on and win the Premier League. But that's that division's shown us everything over the years that you just simply can't roll over and, and carry on with that sort of feeling those ideas in your mind when you go to another game when they've rolled you over, which I think this, that's exactly what Liverpool have done us now. I think actually the 2-0 defeat flatters us um, in many ways. We've,
0: we have struggled against against the rubbish side oh, so oh. of the season, no, Dave. yeah, well,
2: yeah that, that's that's the only dig I think we can have at them because they're still only in the
1: in, in mid table and all that sort of thing. But hey, guys, um, one thing to consider, one thing yeah. to consider, if I'm gonna squint and and say maybe this is part of the way Sean Dyche is trying to take a bigger picture look of uh, you know at things, and I think we some people probably speculated on this before the game, but like. Uh, you know pete pete said before you know peter said before that like we're we don't want to call it maybe we don't want to call it a free hit but it kind of is a free hit And yeah regardless of how you what you want to call it what have you uh you know classify it however you want but the result sort of bears that out right and so if you sort of know going in that 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 is if you're evaluating your fixtures and to the point that you guys are making that It's not that Leeds and Villa at home are gimmies. When you're a side like Everton, there are no gimmies. We've shown that over and over again. There are absolutely no gimmies. But what you can say is that, if I look at the next three fixtures and I'm away, away at Anfield and I'm home to Leeds and Villa, what are the t- what are the most winnable scenarios for me? And those are the Leeds and Villa games. And so if that is what informed the decision to like not try to force Calvert Lewin into yeah. a situation tonight, so be it. And I look, no one wants to. Uh, hey, hey! As a as as a big fan of a player who has his own injury issues over the years, I can assure you that that it's not fun to be in these scenarios where you're having to manage someone's physical, you know, stature. I don't I don't blame Calvert Lewin. I don't blame anyone for injuries because no one wants to be hurt. Everyone wants. I I genu- genuinely think that ninety nine percent of these players would rather play than be hurt because being hurt sucks and it hurts. Uh, to simplify it, but what I would also say though is that. Uh, Deitch has literally no margin for error. He has seen tonight that he has no viable striker other than Calvert-Lewin. So if that means managing him in a way that at times feels frustrating. And, you know, it is, it is, you know, it it may be even saying, you know, do we need, do we need to play Calvert-Lewin away at Arsenal? I I don't know. Like these are, these are going to be those things that will determine, you know, if you get into that mindset of, well, we've got to find a way to manufacture points. Well, manufacturing points is, is, is yes, about the micro level of the game right in front of you at that time. But it is also about the bigger picture view of looking at your fixture list and saying, okay, Um, This is, these are my resources. This is the situation I've got. Um, I've got a player that, uh, if I use him improperly, we need him a lot, but if I use him improperly, he's going to be hurt and then miss three more games that are much more winnable. I've got to make, you know, pragmatic decisions. And if that's, I want to give Deitch the benefit of the doubt, because he does seem like a smart guy. He does seem like a pragmatist. And so I'm hopeful. And, and by the way, I would be shocked if Calvert-Lewin is not starting, uh, next week against Leeds. Right, gents, gonna
2: have to leave it there because uh, I think we're talking far too much after losing a game against Liverpool. <laughs> um, but as always, thanks for a late night uh, post match. Which uh, obviously we're we're very uh, thankful that so many people listen to us say these sorts of things. But yeah, it's been a bit of a. A sober nights. If you didn't care about the Messi side, dabby, which I think is impossible, then tonight's probably the night you do that, just as these two fine gentlemen have explained there with the games to come for Everton. Thanks a lot for listening to us. As always, there's more stuff on the blue, as there always is throughout the week. Um, and do stick with the toffees because, uh, listen, we've got to trust Son Dice to do something with us at Goodison in the next two weeks. Otherwise, we might be looking at the uh, the championship. But yeah, let's try and stay positive and uh, up the toffees. Speak to you soon. Bye bye